Hey, well, welcome to the final week of our series ahead. Man, in this series, we've been trying to prepare you for what is ahead. We know that we have to move forward. And as crazy as life can be, uh, the rapids life might throw at us, we need wisdom so that we can move ahead well. And we've drawn this parallel between whitewater rafting and the gospel and the scriptures guiding us of what to do when times get rough. And I hope you've listened to the whole series or watched the whole series. And if not, you should do a, a look back and find your way through it because I believe it's been some great tools to equip us to move ahead well. But today I wanna to talk about the end of the trip. Um, after most, one of the most adventurous, exhilarating few hours of my life going down the Clackamas River, uh, we eventually made our way to this, this big, broad corner of shallow water and we, we pulled the raft up to the rocks and we hopped out and pulled it up on the rocks and it was like, this was our destination. This is where uh, we made it. We finished the portion on the river. And our guide once again encouraged us to celebrate. So we lifted our paddles up in the air. We high-fived one another. And uh, it was a cool moment. In fact, it makes me think of 1 Thessalonians 5.11. Encourage each other and build each other up. Just as you are already doing. Uh, we built it, we were cheering, high-fiving. Uh, it was the first time we weren't using our paddles. We were hugging and just saying, this, this was one incredible story to tell. So that moment lasted for a second. Uh, I remember how painful my knees were at the moment. I mean, I'd been up on the edge of this tube with my ankles curved back under the curve of the tube for so long. I was the only one who didn't fall out. So they had literally been there the whole time. I hurt to stand up even and to kind of try to make your way over the rocks. And it was in that moment I remember that the guide uh, pointed towards this across the rocks towards this little opening in the trees. And, and it was like, now uh, our, our ride out is, is through that pathway. That's the trail to get up to where the van and the trailer are. And, uh, but uh, we've got to put everything, you know, all of our paddles and everything in the tube. And we're just all gonna carry it and lift it up carry it up the trail. And that was the moment I realized there's still work to be done. <laughs> like, you know, you've, it, how awesome would it have been just to end up there and just go, okay, this is, I'm just in it for the ride, the enjoyment, but no, there was, there was work to be done. And it was kind of like a gut punch in the moment. Um, I really, at that point was exhausted I was probably a little dehydrated, and um, uh, so as we began to lift that raft, I remember feeling a little nauseous and almost like I could pass out. I was pushing beyond what was, but I was going to push, right? Because we needed 
to get this tube back up to uh, the van, wherever the van was at. All we could see was the trail and the footing was awkward and we hadn't walked so our legs were just still getting underneath us. But I wasn't just gonna lay there or hop in the raft and make all these students carry me, you know, and just like live the life, eat some grapes and have somebody fan me, you know. Uh, no, we, we had to collectively work together to get this back up to the trailer so that the next team could go. So that the next uh, team, and we didn't see all this work initially. When we got to the, the entry point of the river, the, the rafts were in the water. The equipment was in the rafts. So the, the team did the work before we showed up, but now it was our turn to pitch in and do some heavy lifting. And just all that kind of washed through my mind. And I look at some parallel moments in scripture and go, oh, okay, I'm getting it. Jesus had this moment with his disciples and he was gathering them together to send them out. It was the sending out of the 12. And he, he gathers them up and he starts coaching them about, okay, this is what you've seen me do. I'm going to now send you out in pairs and, and you're going to do this and this in this kind of a, a spirit. And you're going to be witnessing. You're going to witness marvelous things just as you have with me. But now you're going to be the ones doing them. They were inspired, empowered. And Jesus was calling them together to be sent. Go, right? This is your first time of go and make some disciples. Share the gospel to people. And at the end of his challenge and in Matthew 10, after a bunch of instructions... He says this in verse 38 and 39. If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you're not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. So he's already said, I believe in you. I trust you. I'm sending you out right? I've, I'm giving you all the authority I have. You're going to drive out demons. You're going to share the kingdom of God is, of heaven is near. You're going to share all these things in my name. I believe in you, but if you don't take up your cross and follow me and deny yourself, then this isn't going to work out well for you. You're not going to be worthy of being mine. You have to give up your life to find true life. So today's challenge is that. Take up your cross and follow Jesus. Like take, take that raft up. Collectively, each of you taking some of it, we've got some work to be doing. It's a teaching so important that Jesus repeats it. In Matthew 16, 24, he says to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. This was a big point. This was a big reality of being a follower of Jesus. And it contains the actions necessary 
to move ahead, to experience full life and peace of mind through a growing relationship with Jesus. This is transferable over all the generations to right now in our time of living, our context. This is how we get true life and peace of mind. The first thought is give up your way. Give up your way. If it were my way, uh, when we finished that raft trip, I would have laid down, <laughs> at least until I kind of got my bearings and didn't feel like throwing up and could walk again and, and maybe didn't have the aches. Give up your way. That's extremely countercultural to say that in the world we live in, when people are demanding their way. People um, are encouraged to live your way. Live uh, your way. In fact, the quote, be your true self. Be your true self. And uh, psycho psychology today says being true to yourself means you don't worry about pleasing other people, living by someone else's standards or rules. You don't care what people think of you. You live as your natural self without compromise. And that sounds exactly opposite to the challenge Jesus is giving his followers. So we have to be careful in culture to realize when we're hearing something that's being taught that is exactly the opposite of what Jesus is encouraging us with. And this is why we have to read the scripture daily so we get those warning signs in our head when somebody tells us something that sounds great. But when you really think about it, dangerous, right? It sounds like something Jesus would challenge against potentially. When, when we are our own truth, we have no moral truth within our culture. And, and it's to each his own. And, and how dare you impose on me? Even if you got that truth from scripture, don't put your truth from scripture on me, right? It could be found in the word of God, but that means nothing to 88% of people who don't submit to the word of God. 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17 says, all scriptures inspired by God, useful for, to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. God has some great work for us to take up. But first, we need to give up. I mean, we need to give up our way so that we can take up his truth. Jesus is giving us his word so that through it, we can discover moral truth, ethical truth, a transformation within us that comes from the inside out, not something we're faking or putting on, but behavioral transformation of mindset and heart. And by giving up our life, we actually find a way to live more fully because of our relationship with Jesus. We give up our life for Jesus instead of holding on to it. Countercultural. It's a difficult truth in scripture here. This could feel offensive even because we don't try to bend and uh, uh, morph the context of scripture to agree with our 
truth. We're saying the word of God is truth and I'm going to bend and adjust and allow the Holy Spirit to help me transform my life to align with the truth. And uh, man, this difficult teaching is going to allow us though to break free from sinful desires. It's going to allow those desires to be transformed by the Holy Spirit, God and us working together to overcome our temptations, to find the way out. And uh, that's a a giving up of self. And for for some people, that is a strong part of their identity that they're surrendering when they make a decision to follow Jesus. So worth it though. So worth it. Thought two. Take up your cross daily. Luke, uh, the doc, the doctor who, who writes the book of Luke is very detailed, often recording details that you wouldn't find in the other gospels. And in Luke 9, 23, he records this moment with the disciples and, and records it in such a way that uh, he says, take up your cross daily and follow me. He inserts that very specific word daily. And I believe it's vital that we take up the mind of Christ, the Christ likeness, the suffering of the Christ daily. Your faith, your pursuit of following Jesus is so much more than a once a week pep talk called a church service. And that's not what a church service is. A church service is when we come together collectively to celebrate what God is doing in our life. We literally want to experience God. It's not a motivational speech. It's not an assembly. (laughs) It's not a, a, a motivational rally that maybe you would experience at work or school or a sports event. This is equipping us for the work to be done the rest of the week, right? But I think sometimes we view it as a pep talk. We treat it like a pep talk. We feel good like it's a pep talk. Jesus' vision for the church was people being committed to taking up the price of following Jesus daily and coming together for that encouragement and that motivation to daily then walk out their faith every day with their whole life, their first priority. And it's not enough to take the ride down the river and make it to the shore, there's still work to be done when we get to the shore. And the lessons are discovered in that tough reality, that season of doing work. We discover things. and We thought the rough part was behind us, but sometimes the rough part is the work to be done once we're off the adventure. And, And we have a duty to those who are coming behind us. We must make room for the next generation to follow Jesus. How sad would it be if we lay on the riverbank, even maybe we walk away from the riverbank, we just leave the guide with the raft, leave the guide there with all the equipment and say, thanks for the ride. That's that's a sad thought. But we live in a world that does that so quickly. When the work is to be done, they're gone. Instead of showing that ownership, that participation, that commitment to do what is needed. 
And the disciples were challenging the early church with this. That's why in Ephesians 4.16, you hear he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. If we want to love people well, if we want to make a difference in the world around us, we need to take up our cross. We need to uh, do the work, our own special work that we've been equipped to do as a part of the church, this body, this family. We need to take up our work, go out and uh, allow people to experience the full love of God because it's gonna take all of us laboring in order to do it. So what does it mean exactly? Like, like what's the deeper meaning of this phrase, take up your cross? Well. I, I found this video that I thought was interesting, entertaining, that explains it for you. Watch this and we'll be right back. What does it mean to take up my cross daily? Jesus says in Luke 9 verse 23, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. From this we can understand that to take up my cross is a requirement to be Jesus' disciple and it must happen daily. The first people's disobedience to God's commandment is known as the fall. They now had a flesh, which means that they had come into opposition towards God. All people have inherited this flesh, and this influences our thoughts, words and actions. When I give my life to Jesus, I commit myself to stop serving sin and doing my own will, and to start serving God. So I have decided no longer to agree to the lusts and desires that come from my flesh. But my new mind doesn't mean my flesh has changed. I quickly notice that my lusts are very much alive and I still get tempted. This is why I need to take up my cross daily. We'll get back to that later. The cross was a common method of punishment by the Romans who ruled during Jesus' time. No one could hang on a cross and live. After suffering for a period of time, death finally came. So what does taking up my cross actually mean? To take up my cross, is something that takes place in my mind. When thoughts that aren't pleasing to God come to my mind during the day, I deny them and put them to death on an inner cross. So taking up my cross is basically to say no to my own self-will and lusts when I am tempted. It hurts to deny the sinful thoughts that I naturally tend to think and which are in opposition to God's will, even if my whole desire is to do what's pleasing to God. Taking up my cross causes suffering for my flesh, which doesn't get what it wants. The Bible calls this suffering in the flesh. And the Apostle Peter writes, Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind, for he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. 1 Peter 4 verse 1 The Holy Spirit gives me the strength to remain hanging on the cross, to keep saying no to the demands of my flesh until the lusts die then I truly become free from sin. As a human being, my flesh is full of selfishness. That is why Jesus says that I have to deny myself and take up my cross every day, all my life. As I use this cross day by day, bit by bit I'm overcoming sin and becoming more like Jesus. Life gets better and better when I'm no longer bound to reacting the way I used to, and it also gets better for others to be around me. You, you heard this verse in that video and it says, 
So then, 1 Peter 4, 1, so then, since Christ suffered physical pain, you must arm yourself with the same attitude he had and be ready to suffer. Be ready to suffer too, it says. For if you have suffered physically for Christ, you have finished, you are finished with sin. I look at that and I go, man, when I took up that raft at the end of that river trip, that was tough. I was suffering my way through that that task to get back to the van. I remember getting car sick in the van too, and I always get car sick, but it just, it, it wasn't a good few hours after the trip. Rougher, the, I thought the trip was gonna be the most scary on the river, but it was actually trying not to throw up on people for the rest of that day was the hard part of that trip. And I look at that and just go, sometimes we, in our own life, when we're disciplining the things that aren't truth, that are bombarding us, even these sinful habits within, um, or our temptations for apathy and the faith, and these different things that are popping into our mind, and we need to put those things, we need to nail those things to the cross. We need to suffer with Jesus. And that's not the happy go, Jesus loves you, everything's gonna be good, guys, you know, message. But the truth here is, the truth here is, we need to be willing to suffer too. And in that, guess what? We're going to break free from some things we thought were never possible to be free from. What have we given into that we could have suffered for? What could we push through, put on the cross, if we would just daily discipline ourselves to live freely? Thought three, the most easy thought of this talk is follow Jesus. Easy but difficult. I mean, if I'm saying I'm going to follow Jesus and that's going to result in suffering, not as easy as I thought, right? If I'm going to follow Jesus, um, I'm going to have work to do, that I'm going to have to set different priorities, that I'm going to inconvenience myself because I'm going to take up my cross daily, right? And follow Jesus. Yeah, it's not as easy as just Jesus loves me. I got the button. I'm going to wear it. No, this is, this is a little more than that. We're going we're gonna to self-surrender and follow Jesus. Philippians 3.12 says, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on. I press on to possess the perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. We have to move ahead. We have to get the paddles. We have to dig. We have to get the paddles in the water. We have to pull the, the tube out of the water, the raft out of the water. We have to do the work after we're out of the water. We have to be a forward-working followers of Jesus like never before right now in culture. And I know it's hard at Open Life when we're trying to discover new rhythms. And honestly, we're praying about, you know, we, we want to gather again for those who are ready to gather. We want to make online services the best for those that join us online. But all of it's going to take us disciplining ourselves and, and, and getting involved in new ways. And it's not a season for us to just lay on the rocks and do nothing. It's a season for us to take up some responsibility. It's a time for us to say, okay, we all need to grab this thing 
and make sure we're together. And we need to make sure we're together, not only for us, but for those who are going to come down the, the life journey of faith behind us. And we need to do the fulfilling, fulfilling work of following Jesus. Our action today, our challenge, and really it's daily, right, is to take up your cross and follow Jesus. Take up your cross and follow Jesus. And I imagine you put some things in, you watch that video, you've got some things you know you've, you've not surrendered or denied yourself of. You've got some things you know you can nail to the cross today. And, and you know some work that you could pick up and be doing. And, and, and I think we have to do the work of knowing each other and being together like never before as a church because what's gonna come ahead is way greater than what's been behind us. We just need to be spiritually ready for it. What a great series to be able to inspire us to move ahead. But what a necessity now for us to be prayed up, to be daily in the Bible, reading a, a devotional on your version or your physical Bible, we need to be ready disciplining ourselves so that we can take up the work that needs to be done in order to share the love of Jesus with our neighbor, to share the love of Jesus with our community, to go out and serve others and make a difference. We need to love God and we need to love people like never before. And I want to pray that over you today. God, I thank you for the opportunity we have to, to serve each other. And it's incredible to serve when we're in the white water and we're going down maybe a, a nice class four uh, rapid and we kind of make it to the other side and we can cheer while we're still on the river in the most exciting times. But there's times in our life where we find ourselves standing on the rocks with the, the raft in our hand and we're doing some work that's hard. We're working through something we didn't expect. And and maybe going somewhere we can't necessarily see how long it's gonna take us to get to the end of. And like the end of that, that rafting trip for me, I feel like in a way, the church and not just our church, being with a bunch of other churches this week showed me there's a lot of churches around our nation that are experiencing this same challenge that this is the tough work right now. This is, we're suffering in ways right now we haven't. And that means more than ever, we're having to deny ourselves and take up your life, Jesus. And that that's allowing us to then find life to the full. But it's a different approach. It's different. It feels different than it did just eight months ago. And I pray that God, you will give us the courage to lay ourselves down, our lives down at the cross and yet take up your cross of suffering to do the work needed to love people around us, that we would break out of uh, anything that would be holding us back, that we would recognize your work in our mind, our heart, our body, physically, spiritually, emotionally, that God, you would begin to break through in lives, that there would be numbers of people in our community that would begin to say yes to following Jesus. Thank you for those that are gonna bring new life to their neighbor, to their coworker, to their classmates, whether it be over a Zoom, in person in a class, or in the community, 
I pray that God, you will use us mightily this week and that we'll ready our spirits for what you're calling us to. That we'll ready ourselves to be inconvenienced and lay down our desires to take up the work so that the whole body can discover the fullness of Christ. The whole body. And I just thank you for everybody who's following and loving you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Open Life. We can't wait to jump in to a new series next week with you.